0: So I'm going to jump in today with a question. Let me ask you guys a question. How, how, oh, sorry, I'm puberty, um, <laughs> 36, still going through it. Uh, how powerful would you say prayer is in your daily life? Some of you, I know, you're probably thinking, oh, gosh, he's asking me about my prayer life, right? You're like, I'm glad he's asking from the front, and he's not. Like, if I walked up to you, and I asked this question as an individual, most people would hate me. They'd be like, why are you doing this to me? You know. Most of the time, as, as a pastor, I, I like love to talk about Jesus. If you know me, it just gushes out of me. Sometimes I feel like John the Baptist, like a crazy guy who lives out in the woods and eats bugs. Like That's people's perception. I just can't shut up about Jesus. That's who John the Baptist was. And, uh, but uh, over the years, as I've had countless conversations with people, and I've asked them uh, about how they're doing, one of the biggest things I found is that most Christians are greatly discouraged about their prayer life. Most Christians are greatly discouraged about their prayer life. Oftentimes, they feel guilt or disappointment at at their prayer life. Uh, Other times, they feel a desire for prayer, but a lack of an ability to stay consistent for praying regularly. And unfortunately, maybe the biggest thing of all, I often find that Christians, they just have no vision for prayer. They're like, why would I pray? Like, if, if you really got to it, I bet there are some people in here that you're like, what is the point of praying? I've prayed. It doesn't work. I bet there are people in here, you're saying it, you're like, I've prayed. It doesn't work. I've, I've asked God to do stuff. He doesn't do it. You know, I sought him. I just, why would I pray? And I I think there's too many Christians who this is, this is where it's at. And the point today is not going to be to like guilt you into praying, but rather to show you something so glorious that by the end of this message, I guarantee you, some of you in here are going to be like, I cannot wait to, to go seek God in prayer. Right? When you see what the Bible actually says about prayer, it will change your life forever. If you are in Christ, it will bring a vibrancy in a life that you may not even believe is possible. And today we're going to see that. And this isn't going to be Mike up here like, let me tell you a secret. It's going to be me up here saying, look at what the Word of God says to you. Look what Jesus is inviting you into today. Um, so with that said, hey D, bring up that sermon title. You guys ready for this one? A Simple Guide to a rich and world-changing prayer life. You're like, what in the world is this? <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, this is, this is not, again, this is just me putting into words in a simple title what the Bible already says. It is easy to get in. He made it easy. Did you know that? He made it easy. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he died. To forgive you of all your sins, past, present, and future. Not just so that you could be forgiven and go about living your life like everybody else, but rather so that you could be, Second Corinthians 5 tells us, so that we could be reconciled to God. That you, who were made by a God who loves you so dearly, you were made in his image for his purposes, and we were separated from God because of sin. And yet, by his blood, we're forgiven, but we're not just forgiven, we're reconciled back in. The God you were made for, you can now have a relationship with through Jesus Christ. The way in is easy. It is finished, right? So it's a simple guide. He just says, step on in, walk on in. And the power available to us in the life of prayer that Jesus invites us into is rich in life and powerful in its ability to change this world. You may not believe this right now, but I bet you by the end of this sermon, actually, you know, I promise you, at the end of this sermon, you're going to see, and many of you are going to, God's going to give you faith today. And if you're like, I want to believe, I want to believe, pray right now. Say, God, give me faith to see what your word actually says. Give me faith to see the easy way in. Give me faith to believe you really died for my sins. Give me faith to believe that I can really approach you in prayer and encounter the creator of the universe. Give me faith to believe that when I pray, you will answer. And God, I believe, will answer those prayers, and he may do it today for you in a very real way. Um, So before I jump into answering this and walking through this, I want to highlight something. So in 2023, uh, we are in the middle, uh, we're actually starting a new series today about vision. And the first question we're going to talk about is spiritual depth. Uh, in prayer. That's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about this simple guide to a rich and powerful, world-changing prayer life. Uh, but, uh, but really, last year, this all started when we were praying, and I just we just felt like God spoke to us. And you're like, I don't know what that means. God spoke to you? Well, yeah, he's actually speaking constantly in English to you all the time. It's right here in the Bible. Uh, anybody who reads this seriously, consistently, joyously, what you'll find is that uh, God will speak to you. You'll read something, you'll be like, oh, I never saw that before. Uh, and in fact, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed today. God, it's like you're speaking directly to me. And it turns out that he is, which is why it's in English and most of you can read. That's a gift from God, right? In fact, a sermon, a a, a passage from my sermon today is a passage that I read over countless times, countless times, countless times. And then one day I was reading and I was like, oh my word, (laughs) that's what you say, God? And we're going to, you're going to see it today. You're going to get, we're going to get in it today. But last year we were praying and God was speaking to us and, and, and I felt this big weighty call. I felt like God said, hey, for Living Hope Church, I want 2023 to be a year of spiritual depth. I want 2023 to be a year of spiritual depth. And let me me tell you this. This is not like, okay, everybody's going to get real studious. We're just going to read a bunch of books, and we're just going to be alone in our room reading our books. No, no, no. I I think spiritual depth is God wants to reveal to you a life that he has available to you that you wouldn't believe if you saw it. That the person God wants to turn you into by the end of 2023 is, is someone that if you met, you'd be like, what happened to this person? I believe that is what God means by spiritual depth. But it's not just a year of spiritual depth. It's a, spir- a year of spiritual ministry. Because we're not just people who drink and are filled up ourselves. We're people who as we can counter the living God, he fills us to overflowing with love that we would go out and we would bless people out in the street. We would bless people wherever we go. Yesterday I was at Target and I, I asked my, uh, I was talking to the cashier and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, hey look, you notice how there's nobody behind you? Why don't you ask this, this gal a, a spiritual question? And so I was like, hey, do you, you know, do you happen to go to church anywhere? And she's like, I used to, but I don't anymore. I said, is that something you're interested in? And, and she was like, yeah, I think, I think I am. I think I am. And I just felt like God said, hey, tell her I love her <laughs> and that I want her in my kingdom <laughs> and that I want to be in her life. So I did. And she looked at me like, <laughs> like God was speaking through me to her. And she said to my wife and I, because my wife and my kids were there, she goes, I'm so glad that you're here. And I, and I said, hey, here's my church. I gave her a little card, um, and I invited her to church. She might be here this morning. Uh, I don't know. But the reality, here's what's funny. So I say that. Guess what? The cashier behind me. Hey, what church is that? Right? <laughs> like light in the dark. Like people are hungry for, I don't think you realize how hungry people are for Jesus. I don't think you realize that. So we're going to teach you how to do spiritual ministry, how to see that people are sheep without a shepherd, how to have compassion in a world where everything is dark, everything is depressing, everything is dying. The end of the world is nigh constantly. People are without hope. They're hopeless. They feel hated. And and the best thing we feel is, like so many people, like the greatest joy in their life is that they really hate other people and they feel like they're justified. But Jesus has called us to be a people of light, a people of love, a people of power, life and love. And I believe God wants to reveal that to us in 2023, a year of spiritual ministry. So we're going to talk about that. This week, we're going to start with the depth, because that's where it is. So today, it's in prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about spiritual depth in the Bible. So we're going to learn how to have a vibrant prayer life today. Next week, we're going to learn how to have a, Bible, a, a vibrant Bible reading life. Maybe you've been a Christian your whole life. You've never had a vibrant version of either one of those. I believe today, God can change that. I believe through uh, his word, he can light a fire in your soul. And you might be looking up here and be like, man, where is this guy getting his energy? It's the fire burning in my soul from the Holy Spirit. And this is available to you. You can have it today not through me but through him and then finally the thing I might be most amped for and you're like he's more amped about something besides what he's already been dancing on the stage about yes I believe God's called us to be a church that grows by salvation in 2023 right All right? Yeah. praise the Lord for that right this week I had the pleasure of leading two people into Christ fully and man I've seen some cool stuff but watching God flash his spirit into somebody's soul right in front of your eyes. Somebody said to me this week, I hope the Bible I'm real confident, full of the spirit. Matthew 11, I'm like, okay, we're going to get him. I read it. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. You know, get through the whole thing and I look at him like, that's it. And you know what he said to me? I just don't understand any of that. And I was like, okay, Holy Spirit. So I start explaining it to him, talking to him. We get through, you know, it's like I'm, I'm sharing personal examples, personal testimony. I told my wife's testimony. I didn't tell her. I told my wife. She's not here today. One of our kids was sick. Uh, but I told my wife's testimony, and he was like, what? And, and I, I read some scripture, and then we're going. And then about halfway through, he's like, something dawned. He's like, oh, my gosh, I see it. Oh, my gosh, I see it. And then, and then it, and it's just like I just saw it. It was like a moment he was changed, a moment he had peace, a moment he had life. And I just talked to somebody who knows him, and they said, he told me this is the best week he's had of his life. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've seen a lot of things, but that is the best thing I've seen in years. God wants that for you. You've seen a lot of depressing things, right? You know, my current pastor, my pastoral pro tip, I I texted a group of uh, other pastors this this week. I said, hey, you know what you guys need to do? Get a dramatized audio Bible, slap Acts on there, the book of Acts, listen to that bad boy on repeat and say, God, make this my life. So, uh, after I talked to the lady at Target and the cashier behind me was like, hey, what church is that? I gave them both invites. I, my number was on there so they could reach out to me. Uh, we were walking, out the, were walking out the front of Target, and I'm just feeling full of the Spirit. Because you step out. I, was, I walked into Target terrified. I want you to know that. You're probably like, I can't talk to people. I walked into Target terrified. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone, Lord. And I'm like, but Jesus, fill me up. And if it's obvious, make it obvious. Uh, and on my way out, I'm like walking out full of this. So I walked in fearful. I walked out full of the Spirit. Two people are walking out, start a conversation. Hey, you guys go to church anywhere? And uh, they're like, yeah, actually, the Kingdom Hall. They were Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, the people who knock on your doors. And I go, oh, my gosh, you guys probably never have anybody ask you about your faith. I go, you're always knocking on our doors. They bust up laughing. Holy Spirit sowed a seed. I probably should have been like, you want the real Holy Spirit? I know where he is. Actually, he's right here. You want him? Like, but I didn't. Um, But, you know, we're learning. We're learning. And then on the way out, uh, we heard a violin in the parking lot, so I'm like, I'm going to go over to the violin. Met two Eastern Orthodox uh, Christians, and I've never met an Eastern Orthodox Christian, but I'd like to have a friend that's Eastern Orthodox. So I said, hey, let's go to lunch, and I gave him a card, and I gave him my number, and we talked for a while, and I, I prayed with him, and it was this guy and his dad, and they told me their story, and it was a little bit heartbreaking. Sheep without a shepherd, you know, but brothers in Christ who were here in America, and, and, and they're just, they're not sure what's going on. So I was reading the book of Acts, and I was praying, God, make my life like the book of Acts, and I'm sharing my faith, and then somebody's behind me, he's like, hey, tell me about this, this church, (laughs) and and then I'm walking out, and I meet two people who, who, you know, are Jehovah's Witnesses, like, oh, okay, let's, let's figure this out, and then I meet, you know, it's like meet a couple Eastern Orthodox people in the parking lot, and that was like 25 minutes. (laughs) That, to me, sounds somewhat close, not quite, but close to the book of Acts, so uh, I think we got more. I feel like this is just the beginning, so I am amped up. Sorry about that. Uh, Blame the Holy Spirit. You know, in Acts, when the Spirit fell on the church, you know what happened? The people who saw it were like, those people are drunk. So if you're up and you think I'm drunk, I'm probably doing it right. Um, So (laughs) it's the spirit. So it is not DayQuil today. Uh, So anyway, we just believe that in 2023, God's calling us to these things. Uh, Today, how do we cultivate and receive a life-changing, power-filled, joyful prayer life? How do we receive receive this? How do we have a vibrant prayer life that that is easy to access and that changes the world? You're like, come on, man, get out of here with that. No, it's true. It's the Bible. Well, where do we start? Let's look to Jesus, right? Let's look to Jesus himself. Uh, Sorry, I just Billy Graham that Jesus. That's how Billy Graham was. He'd say, Jesus. That's a a Billy Graham Jesus right there. But let's look to him. Let's look to our our Lord and Savior, our King of Kings. Uh, Mark 1.35, right? Rising very early in the morning, right at the beginning book of Mark. It's a book about the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. Don't know if you know this, Jesus himself is the son of God, God in the flesh, the infinite eternal creator God put on human flesh and entered into human history. And you're like, do I really believe that? Well, I hope that you do. I hope that you do. And if you don't, man, as you get to know him, I think it's obvious. I think it's obvious. But that creator who put on flesh, he came into the world. What happens? What did he do? It says in the very beginning of Mark, the the writer of Mark made sure to write this, rising very early, While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Even the Son of God, God himself in the flesh, while on earth, he sought God in prayer. He had so much to do. You're like, I'm too busy to pray. He was busier. Great crowd, like, you read this portion of Mark, crowds are following him everywhere. That's why he had to get up early. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's preaching the gospel. He's got disciples who need him, who are depending on him. He's so busy, and yet, what's he do? He seeks God in prayer, this should speak profoundly to us. If Jesus, if God in the flesh, relied on prayer, and He needed it, the Eternal God used it, and needed it. How many of you in here? You feel languishing? Feel like your faith is dying? You feel like you used to have a fire? You doubt that you ever could have a fire? Oh, Jesus got it through a prayer life, right? he sought God. How, if it was important for him, how much more important is it for you, All right? He was God, and he sought his father, right? He's walking around. He's like, I only see what I see the father doing. How do you know what the father was doing? Well, he's God in the flesh, but he sought him. He prayed to him, right? Life, joy, glory, power, miracles flowed out of Jesus's life, and without a doubt, these things were fueled by prayer, and no one, you want to talk about world-changing prayer, no one has changed the world as much as Jesus, Right? And oftentimes, some of the things that stick out the most, like the, the healing of the sick, what would he do? He'd say, Father, heal them. he prayed to heal them. When he broke the bread, he's like, Heavenly Father, bless this bread. And he breaks it. Right? He prays before his miracles. All right? Prayer changes things. Not only did Jesus model prayer, he encourages us to pray. John fifteen seven: if you abide in me and my words abide in you. All right? That's basically saying, hey, if you're all in, you want to know, you want to know the life you were made for? You know what the Bible says? It says your life is hidden in Jesus. All right, some of us, have we've prayed a prayer. We've said, okay, I, I, I've got a Christian-flavored life. i got the heaven insurance policy. But Jesus is saying, hey, I want you fully in here. It says if you lose your life, you'll find it. This is his invitation. He says if you abide in me and my word's in you, he's saying if you come all in, if you give me everything, all your dreams, all your hopes, everything, you just come fully into me, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Luke eleven ten. He says, "For everyone who asks receives; the one who seeks finds; the one who knocks it will be opened." Right? Jesus encourages us to pray. He's, praying. He's saying, "Pray out. Ask. What do you want, what, guys? What do you want? Do you want faith that could move mountains? Do you want to pray and see the the sick healed? Do you want to believe that God is moving in your life? Do you want to walk someone to salvation? Do you want to have more boldness? Do you want to be spiritually alive? Do you have hurt in your heart and you want God to heal it? Do you have family members that are dying?" that you want to see meet Jesus? Is your life dull, repetitive, lifeless? You're full of depression and anxiety. You're wondering, what am I doing with my life? Is this it? This week, some of you in here, you thought, is this really all life is? And I want you to know Jesus is looking at you right now and he's saying, no, I have a life that's so overflowing. It's eternal. has no end to its depth. has no end to the life and he's inviting you in. He doesn't say, well, be careful, don't ask too much. That's not the tone of these prayers. What's wild about it is not only does he encourage us to pray, he gives us a bold invitation. Ask whatever you wish. Like, what? All right? Ask whatever you wish. Okay, on Friday last week, I haven't led somebody to the Lord in way too long. It's been way too long. So last Friday, you know what I did? I said, God, give me five softballs. God, I'm weak, I'm praying. I'm like, Give me five people I can walk into full faith with Christ. After not doing it for a long time, this week I got two. I prayed for one month. I was like, January 6th to February 6th. I was like, Lord, make it happen. And it's like, oh. So today, this morning, I was like, well, let's do 10, Lord. <laughs> All right. What happened? I prayed. My faith went up. And I, I prayed. I also, yeah, I did, I stepped out. And I was a little bit afraid. But like, here's the thing. This morning, some of you are feeling, you're feeling it right now. You can feel that pull from God. That pull from God into his kingdom. And you're like, do I really want to, do I really believe? Do I really believe? Do I really believe he's wanting me? He, he's calling me. And that step forward into faith, it feels like death. But he's a God who resurrects death. He's a God who, when you walk through the fire with him, when you take that big leap with him, he brings you to resurrected life. Some of you this morning, he's going to resurrect. Some of you this morning, he wants to bring into eternal life. We're going to invite you up at the end to receive prayer. And you may be like, that's a big step. That's a bold step. But man, the invitation from God, there's nothing like it. The life-changing power available to him, there's nothing like it like it those who ask receive do you want eternal life ask Jesus show me your way and I want you to know you don't have to do it at church you can be at home this week and you say Lord I heard the gospel this week did you really forgive my sins I want you to forgive my sins do you really have purpose for me your kingdom Lord I'm all in I want your life (coughs) and what will happen his Holy Spirit will flood you he will meet with you you do not need me you don't need some special person but you do need him and we are called to walk together. So I'm not saying there are really no lone wolf Christians, but I'm saying you don't, there don't have to be special circumstances. You can go home this week and say, Lord, I tasted and saw something on Sunday that I want. Is this really real in 2023? Man, this guy died 2,000 years ago. You know how you know he's alive? Because we're still talking about him. 20, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago. He's not, his fame is not diminishing. In fact, it's growing all over the world. All right, we live in the West where people are like, "Oh, Christianity's dying in America." But man, that thing is like his life, his world, his purpose, his church is on fire all over the church, gloriously changing the course of history, one prayer at a time, one salvation at a time. Right, I love this. Jesus doesn't just encourage us to pray, model us to pray. He gives us a bold promise. If you think that's crazy, look at this one. Ah, oh, this passage gets more insane the more you read it. That is true about a lot of passages in the Bible. Jesus had a tendency to say crazy things. Here's one of them. What's he say here? Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Uh, What, (laughs) Lord? Did you just say to me? And greater works than these will he do. No, Jesus, no way. Because I am going to the Father. Uh, Okay. And you're like, oh, uh, yeah, you you know, Jesus, Jesus didn't just say anything, right? He is truth, which means this is true. Right? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said this, which means it's true. Do you believe? Do you believe that this is true? Because it's true. And it's insane. But our Savior, man, what's he say? Man, with man, it's impossible. But with God, nothing's impossible. With man, it's impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. That barrier you think is too big for you to get into Christ. No, it is not. With God, Nothing is impossible. And there's no barrier too big. There's no sin too great. There's no failure too large. You have not committed blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If you're here today, you have not committed blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I just want you to know, a lot of Christians come to me, I'm worried. I screwed it up for good. No, you didn't. That's Satan. He's an accuser. He's kind of a jerk. The <laughs> Bible tells us about this. All right, the best way he, he gets you is lies. He lies to you. God doesn't really love you. That preacher up there, that's not his real life. It's not who he really is. Listen walk with me, walk with us, right, we're a community, this is is not about me, this is about Jesus, this is about what he's doing in us, but man, this is insane, right, this is like the guy, this is the the kind of thing a guy who would be like, guys, if they kill me, I'm gonna raise from the dead, right, (laughs) that's the kind of thing a guy like that would say, Uh, but very few people have risen from the dead, in fact, only one have done it themselves, and that was Jesus, so not only is he the truth, but he's proved that he's the truth, right, Bible. So Jesus, I mean, that's a pretty hefty promise right there. Like, do you feel like in your life you're doing what Jesus did, did? Let me tell you something. You can. There's no special barrier. There's, you don't have to go to religious school, right? You, know, you want to know why Jesus got killed? Because he said things like this. That's insane, right? You don't have to be a specially trained Pharisee. You don't have to like have special spiritual powers that you've acquired through years of, you know, like figuring it out. No, you come to Christ. He fills you with his Holy Spirit. You want to know what made the early church crazy? You know what makes the books of Acts crazy? It was not people who were really gifted. It was a God who was blessing people who were faithful. You want to know the way in? That tiny step forward this morning I'm talking about, that's the way in. What happens is it's like working out. Faith is like working out. You know, that first day, I can't do it, right? The first day, and then what happens that first day? A lot of times you take that first step of faith. You go to the gym for the first time, and you're sore and you're scared. I don't ever want to go back. But you stay in Christ. You say, I'm going to take another step. And then what happens is you, is you, Work your faith out as so you grow your, like, all of a sudden, something that used to feel difficult to take a step forward, right? It used to feel difficult to say, hey, how can I pray for you? Now, all of a sudden, you, it's second nature. You're always, you're asking everybody. It used to work, take a month for you to ask it, one person, hey, how can I be praying for you? Now, you ask 10 people a day, right? This is what God does as we walk in faith. With him. He grows our faith. The Bible itself is full of encouragements to pray. Here's a bunch in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. Psalms, I don't know if you've read it. It's a giant book of prayers, <laughs> full of encouragements to cry out to God. If that's not obvious, I don't know what is. Uh, here's one of my favorite verses. And this is, um, <clears throat> this is that verse I overlooked a long time. Right. It's right at the beginning of Ephesians, it's easy to miss. Here's what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What? Right? The things I've done you will do. And greater things than these you will do. That's a big promise. Ask anything in my name and it will be a, it's a huge promise. Right? Blessed be the God and Father. You have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Through Jesus you have access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because of Jesus. And you're sitting here like, man, what does that mean? And I think it means every spiritual blessing. And you're like, what does that mean? I believe it's tied to another crazy promise in the Bible, First Corinthians two nine. Right, the Bible is full of these crazy promises, and when you go into the Bible, here's my pro tip: if you've been reading the Bible and it's been hard for you, I encourage you crack open the New Testament. The Bible's just d- divided: Old Testament, and New Testament. They're both good. They're both glorious. They're both great. New Testament is just clearer. It's easier to get through, especially if you haven't read the Bible ever. Right, I would encourage you start in the New Testament. It's what changed my life forever. You might be up here thinking, man, this guy, he's he's been studying this whole life. No, actually, I hated God when I was 18, 19. I was studying biochemistry, thought science was king, thought technology was king. Started reading the New Testament, met the king of kings. Turns out he made science and philosophy. It turns out he destroys every lofty argument raised against him, not through really great debate and really awesome points, but through power and manifestations of great life. And I encountered the God of all creation, and he made me alive in him right? You can encounter. Maybe you're here today and you got, you, got, uh, you got reservations. You're like, well, I don't know about this theology. I don't know about that theology. Guess what? When Jesus is undoing your heart, pouring out his great love, and you're experiencing the power of the creator of the universe, those little theological details mean a little bit less <laughs> all of a sudden. And I'm not saying theology is not important, but I'm saying often we let little hang-ups get in the way of what we know God has for us. That could be you today. That could be you today. Uh, but this promise, listen, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no heart... Of man. Oh my God, I can't even finish it. Would You you see this? This is, in the, this is in your Bible. This is not just my, this is the Bible, right? What no eye has seen. I've seen a lot. What's the most glorious thing you've seen? Jesus got something more glorious. What no ear no ear has heard. Well, what's the most glorious thing you've ever heard? I've heard something as glorious as what Jesus has for you. Nor heart of man imagined. You, stuff that's imagined, in the, it's like what you've seen, stuff in the reality of the world right, the greatest galaxies, right, we get these pictures from James Webb Space Telescope, beautiful galaxies, man, what he has is more glorious than all of that, I mean, he made that, if there's anything glorious in it, it's a reflection of its own creator, but even what the heart of man imagined, man, for, for what, who's this for, it's what God has prepared for those who love him, I think this is every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, what are these things, I think it's life, it's real life, life is not about acquiring goods and having experiences, you all know that that's bankrupt, right? We're like the richest nation in the history of time. Right? If having frozen waffles that you can just pull out your fridge and like butter and put syrup on was satisfying to the hearts of men, we would have known it by now, right? If more stuff was the answer, if more travel was the answer, if more money was the answer, you would know. And yet what happens in our culture, right? How many people do you meet are really depressed? How many people do you meet that feel hopeless and purposeless, aimless, who hate their job, who hate their debt? Maybe that's you, all right, what I'm saying is that the life that you have been sold by this world is not a life that leads to life. Jesus says, I came, that they may have life, and not just any life, life abundant. What no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor heart of man imagined. The life God has for you is so much richer than anything you could ever have in this world. A spiritual blessing, it's life, it's joy, it's peace, it's faith. Lord, faith to believe, faith to believe that if I share the gospel, somebody could come to faith, faith to believe that I could, you could this week see someone, see the light of the Holy Spirit shine into someone's heart while you talk to them, while you share the gospel of Jesus with them, like, oh, I woke up this morning and before the sun came up and I went out to pray, I thought I probably should do this on the day I'm talking about Jesus doing this, I try to do it often in my life, but this morning God just woke me up early and I was like, I'm going to go pray, so I walked around my block and I'm praying, Pray for many of you. Pray for, I prayed for all of you this morning. If you're here, I prayed for you. All right, many of you, I pray for name by name regularly. If you're a leader at Living Hope Church, you get it more. I pray for you regularly, a few times a week. Pray for people in the city. I pray for other churches in the city. I want, you know what? I don't want just Living Hope to grow by salvations. I want every church in this city to grow by salvations. I got a big number for what I want to see here at Living Hope Church, but there's bigger numbers I want to see in the kingdom of God. And it's going to take the whole crew. I believe God wants to do that. I believe God wants to do that, but awe. I'm walking. I see the sun. I'm like, this is beautiful. There's no painting like this, and this happens every day. I'm in awe of you, Lord. I can't even comprehend how much awe I'm in. Give me more ability to be in awe of you, and he will. Passion, praise, wisdom, discernment. What do you want? Pray, wisdom. Oh, who doesn't want wisdom? Biblical wisdom. Who doesn't want that? Discernment. Can I discern truth? And God, give me discernment. Goodness. And then there's this phrase in the Bible, an eternal weight of glory beyond all compare. I believe that when we are doing what we're supposed to be doing as a church, when you come into this room, you should feel an eternal weight of glory beyond all compare. You should feel a sense of the presence of God, something that you do not have words for, something that you can't quite comprehend or explain, but you know, you were like, I felt something that was so much bigger than me. It's the presence of God. He is our eternal weight of glory beyond all compare. I mean, just think of the experiences you've had in your life. This is what the Bible's saying. God's promise is that our relationship with him, our walk with him, like he is the prize, our communion with him can exceed the joy and experience of the best that this world has to offer. All right, the reality that many of us need to recognize is that God himself is the answer to the deep inner longing we have in our hearts. You know what you're looking for? Money for? Because you want peace. You want control over your life. You want joy. You want good things. Money will never give it to you. The Bible straight to the point doesn't satisfy it doesn't give you a, the peace that you need it gives you like a false version of peace an illusion of peace all right talk to people who have money you know what the more they get the more they're worried about losing it oftentimes people get more money and have less peace famous rap song mo money mo problems <laughs> great philosophy agrees with the bible actually funny enough most rap does not but that line does <laughs> but god himself is the answer to the deep inner longing you have in your heart The love, the joy, the meaning, the purpose that you crave, that you were made for, that you wake up longing for, and when you don't have, you feel hopeless, and depression is waiting. And maybe you're here, and you're like, I've been waiting my whole life to really find joy. Are you telling me it's real? Yes, he is, and he died for you, and he's calling you in And it sounds crazy, but when you say yes, when you come into his life and you lay your life down for him, he laid his life down for you so that you could be raised to glorious life. Mm. Some of you here, you're feeling it. That joy, meaning, purpose, comfort you seek in the world, it finds its satisfaction in him. And I believe, you know what I believe about prayer life? I believe prayer life, uh, this is the primary purpose, to be with him, to get into that joy and swim in it, to get into that purpose and swim in it, to get in his glory and walk in it. I think that's what Jesus was doing when he woke up in the morning. I think he's like, God, fill me with your glory. Heavenly Father, let's commune like we did before the foundations of the earth. In fact, he prays that. That's what he says he's doing. He's like, oh, the glory we have. We've had it for eternity. I want to walk in it. And through Christ, you've been invited in to a glorious, beautiful dance, a communion with a triune God that you're invited in through the blood of Jesus to walk in. And it is joy. It is love. It is the real version of these things you think you find in the world but are only found in Jesus. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Prayer is a place where we commune with God himself. And it's transformative in so many ways because it's with God himself. As you come to God in faith, I guarantee, here, let me me tell you a promise. Let me tell you a promise. If you go to God, we got people in this room who can testify to this. I can testify. If you go to God and you say, this week, just take 10 minutes out of your day. In the morning, I think is the best time, you know. And you say, God, show me yourself. God, reveal yourself to me. Open your Bible. God, show yourself to me. God, reveal yourself to me. And you ask. You genuinely ask with a heart of faith. He will show himself to you. And the goal of that is not a one and done, that you come to salvation, you get your heaven insurance, and then you go about your normal life. No, 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 no. It's that your heart would begin to fall in love with the one your heart was made to fall in love with. And that every day you go from five minutes to ten minutes. I woke up this morning to go pray. I walked around my neighborhood, and I was like, oh, I've got to get inside. the I got, you know, stuff to do, <laughs> like church service and a sermon to preach. Uh, but I, lo- I lost track of time. And you're like, that's insane. Well, I mean, going for a walk and praying is, like, one of the best ways to do it. Uh, And and so, like, like God wants to call you. If you go and you call and you say, God, show yourself to me. He will. And I believe the the vibrant life of Christianity is centered around this. Lord, just show your glory to me. Give me greater faith. Reveal yourself more to me. You make known to me the presence or the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. It is joy. You want to know joy? He has a name. His name is Jesus and your right hand are pleasures forevermore. All right, coming to God in faith puts you in God's very presence. Being in God's presence is a rich blessing. It is the most transformative thing you can encounter apart from your first encounter with Jesus. It's not meant to be a, a powerful encounter once. It's meant to be a powerful encounter every day. The two great treasures of Christianity, these are not a secret, but too few Christians know them. The Bible puts them on full display. Secret number one, treasure number one of coming to Christ. You get God himself. You are reconciled to fall in love with the one your heart was created to be in love with. The one your heart was created to walk with it every day. Second great treasure, he makes you into his own likeness. Your life is hidden in Christ. Uh, you are becoming like Christ. Though my outer self is wasting away, my inner self is being renewed day by day, uh, you know, from glory to glory, more and more into the likeness of Christ, I'm becoming. That part's a little painful sometimes, right? And uh, The Bible says we're living stones, stones out in the wild. It says we're being built together into a spiritual house to offer, you know, glory and worship to God. Well, stones out in the field, they got to be shaped, right? Sometimes God lumps off a lump out of your life, chops a lump off your heart. It hurts, but he's shaping you into something more and more glorious than you could ever imagine. The Bible talks about God pruning us like plants, you know. But you know what happens when you prune a fruit tree? It bears more fruit. It's healthy. keeps disease out. Sometimes you've got a disease in a fruit tree. You've got to prune the whole thing. You might have disease in your life today that God's going to prune out of you. It could be physical. It could be spiritual. It could be emotional. It could be mental. God wants to heal you today. I believe that. I mean, I feel like this is enough. I've got a lot of notes here. I don't even know what to do, and I hope you don't, well, I hope you do come to him, right? If that's not obvious, I mean, listen, I can't convince you. This is a work of the Spirit. You want to know where my confidence comes from? It comes from the fact that I basically cannot screw this up, <laughs> right? Because he's in control, right? I'm just, a, I'm just a tool in his hands, right? So let's keep going. Here, why do we struggle with personal prayer? I'm going to knock some hurdles down for you. There's two big reasons. We're going to skip ahead a bit here, D. so sorry here. Uh, maybe two slides ahead. Uh, it, it, the sin about, the sin, <laughs> there's a whole slide on sin, guys, look out. Uh, so I think there's two things that get in the way of our personal prayer lives. The biggest one I realize is this, sin. It is sin, actually. Feeling guilt-oriented. Lord, I haven't come to you in so long. Oh, God, no, I'm not living my life for you. We feel guilty, we feel like we don't have access. We feel like we got to make it up. We feel like we need to be in spiritual time out for some reason. I don't know why that is. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to avoid you for a while so that I can make up for not being with you. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? Isn't that right? You're like, I'm not worthy to be with you because I haven't been with you. <laughs> so I'm going to punish myself by being with you less. And suddenly you see, oh, wait, that might be a satanic lie. <laughs> how does Jesus teach us how to pray? Anybody know? How does it start? Somebody. Oh. It doesn't say, lord forgive me for my sins but our father that's simple what does that mean oh you're not a god who's ready to smack me you're a father to me not an abusive father a good father a loving father a gracious father a father who sent his own son to die that he could have a relationship with me that's how you pray that's the truth. Satan wants you to believe, oh, you got to get all your guilt out. Guess, you know what? Our Father, let's do it. Let's do it together here. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Do you notice where sin was? Somewhere at the end. (laughs) But I love it. Here's the thing. There is a place to talk about sin, but it ain't the first place. You know what happens when you pray, our Father? You're like, Father, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I I have status. I can come in. Suddenly, it's changed. Suddenly, it's different. Suddenly, you feel faith to pray that maybe this Father will forgive you of your sins. Actually, maybe he wants to bless you so much that you're deeply convicted of sins you weren't even ready to talk about. <laughs> because you feel free. Because you're in grace. You're in mercy. You're in the hands of your father. I've got kids. I've got a three-year-old. There's the, in the Bible, there's this parable. We'll, we'll actually read it later. It's called the parable of the persistent widow. It's this woman who just <clears throat> doesn't stop asking this judge to do something for her. And i got a son who's three. And we go, it's the parable of the persistent Lincoln. And it's like, dad, 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 dad. dad. Jesus tells us to be like little kids. i got a little kid. I am not like that. And God says, hey, be like that. And I'm like, for real? <laughs> like, you want me to do that? Like, come to you like that? He's just like, I, "Like, Dad, play monsters with me. That's like fighting. Play Power Rangers with me, Dad. You know, Dad, can we play in my room? Dad, can we play monster trucks? Dad, every day, constantly, all the time. If I had a prayer life to my father, like Lincoln has in requests to me, like this whole city would be saved right now. <laughs> We'd be like heaven would be like halfway down to earth, just in St. Joe. Kansas City would be like, what is happening there? Patrick Mahomes would be like going to throw a football, and the Shekinah glory shining from St. Joe would blind him, and you know, and somehow he's still behind the packet out there. And, and you know. And then he'd be like, I need to go there. This isn't glorious. That's glorious. Some people think football's the most glorious thing on the planet. But you know what? You got access to something way more glorious. <sighs> I mean, what I, love about, what I love about this point that get, sin and guilt get in the way is that you literally just take the first two words of the Lord's Prayer and you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's clearly not where Jesus tells us to start. Right? He actually says pray for our daily bread before he says forgive us our sins. And, and you know what I think is really gracious about the Lord's Prayer is the fact that he tells you to pray every day that your debts would be forgiven, your sin would be forgiven, is that he knew you would need it. He already knew. So don't come in like, oh, no. Come and say, oh, Father. You are glorious. Let your glory transform me. God, be glorified and praised. God, be magnified. You saved me and changed me. And you'll feel the sins. You're like, Lord, forgive me. But your glory is so great. Like it just it gets you to a place of confidence. It gets you to a place where you realize God has the ability to take care of my sins. There's another passage here, Hebrews 10. We're going to be wrapping up here shortly. I'm, I'm in a little bit of trouble because my notes are so long, but we'll get there. Uh, we won't. I won't go too long here. Uh, Hebrews 10, 20 through 23. A little bit of scripture. Helps us out. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, all right, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. That's the invitation. Draw near with a true heart. I just want you, Lord. And a full assurance, not a partial assurance, not a scared assurance, a full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean. He says you're already sprinkled clean. From an evil conscience that's trying to bear down on you, that Satan's trying to get a hold of and make you think, you know, oh, you know. It, 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 when he said it was finished, he didn't really mean it. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, he's truth. He did mean it. it. It's finished. Past tense. He didn't say it's finishing. He said, no, it is finished. All right? And the enemy says, you can't come to him look at your life, you can speak back and say, it's finished. Our Father in heaven. This is how you taught me to pray, Jesus. I'm just obeying you, Lord. I mean, this is Hebrews 10. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Jesus has forgiven us. He's made us righteous. He's made a new way for us to come to God. Therefore, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. You can do that right now. You might be here, and you might be like, how do I start this? You can start right now. During the worship today, I want to encourage you. Just begin to pray, Lord. I want this life. Lord, give me faith. If you're here today and you're like, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to walk in this fullness of life. If you're here today and you're like, I I used to walk fully in Christ, but my heart has grown cold. And I want to be fully alive again. I'm going to invite you forward to receive prayer. In both of those categories, maybe you're here today and you're not sure. You're like, I don't know if I'm in Christ. I don't know if I've ever really given myself fully. I want to invite you forward today to receive prayer. And we'll, we'll, we'll walk you through it, right? We'll talk to you about it. And 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 it's simple. It's not hard. The way in is simple. It is finished. The hard work's already done. <clears throat> so how should we pray? Right? Well, we come to our Father. Let me give give a little more direction here. I think our prayers should be upward and they should be outward. Or no, I'm sorry, sorry, that's wrong. Upward and inward. Whoops excuse me, I think they tend to be outward. I think we tend to pray about our circumstances. God fix my job. God fix this problem. God fix that problem. When in reality, those are okay prayers. Those are good prayers, but they can be burdensome and they're not the place to start. We, our prayers should be upward, re- realizing and apprehending the great truth about who God is. Our Father. I mean, you can just pray that like, our Father. Like what? You know, you just take one of these passages. Greater things than these? Like, gee, really? And you could just marvel in awe over the truth of Scripture. Scripture and prayer go really well together. Uh, And then I think the other way to pray is inward. So we should be praying upward towards God and inward, where we're basically saying, Lord, you say we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and I'm going to seek it, right? It's us saying, you know, at the end of the day, this is where our hearts get in prayer. This should be the default. You know, this is where we want our hearts to be, and if your heart's not here, I would encourage you to get here. It's this recognition that Jesus is God in the flesh who died for your sins, that you, you had sins, you needed him. And he redeemed you, not because you were good, but because he is glorious. And now you are free, righteous, and have an eternal life available to you. And this is a big promise, and it can feel hard to grasp. It can be easy to sometimes push to the back of our mind, but I would encourage you to apprehend it, to dive into it, to really think, what does it mean to be eternally alive in Christ? What does that mean? What does it mean to be eternally alive in Christ? Jesus is God. He's alive. He's reigning in heaven. The Bible tells us, what then shall we say to these things? What should we say to these things? says if God is for us who can be against us when you go into prayer if God is for us who can be against us if God wants to see Saint Joe saved if you want to see the glory of God come if you want to see acts happen in your city you can seek first the kingdom of God say God I want to see I want I want you in my life more full I want me to be full to overflowing and I want to see you turn this city into a glorious glorious reigning place for your kingdom Jesus, that's what I want to see. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Oh my goodness. How much promise is there? Turns out an eternal amount. (laughs) An infinite amount. An amazing amount. This is the battery that powers life. Drinking of God being transformed into him, and asking for every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's like a giant infinite sun that never diminishes and provides light, energy, warmth, and beauty to behold. And you have access to this every day. This is the source you are meant to be plugged into. This is the light that's meant to fill you up. And that light is the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is good news. Psalm says that when we're in God, we're like a tree planted by a stream. and We're drawing life, coming to life, bearing fruit. God wants you to be planted in his stream of living water. He is like an infinite well of life-giving water that satisfies like nothing else and never runs dry. And you have access every morning. And you haven't been coming, and there's been reasons, but I don't want the invitation, I don't want you to say, I'm going to do it because I feel guilty. I want you to, like, I hope what you're seeing is this is a glorious picture. This is it. This is my purpose. This is my life. This is the thing. This is where my life comes from. It's him. I knew it the whole time. Why did I not know this, actually, now that I think about it? (laughs) It's plain. It's clear to see. Hebrews 10, it's like, that's all about coming to him, through the blood of Christ, we have a full assurance, so draw near, and yet we're like, why didn't I not draw near, why did I think my prayer life was mostly about this world, why didn't I realize it was mostly about me and him, right, so I'm going to just give you a quick, yeah, we're going to wrap up here, I'm going to give you a quick and simple plan, right, how do you do it, well, we've kind of walked through it, you come upward, God, you recognize him, the Lord's prayer is a great place to go, you know, I sometimes get hung up on the our father, I'm like, you're my dad, you're my father, Jesus made a way, I'm, I'm adopted in, you know, hallowed be your name, it's so glorious, thinking about the name of God, All right, <clears throat> so upward, but then I believe praying for inward prayers is really, really powerful, so ask for spiritual blessing, when you go to pray, say, God, this is it, God, give me faith, God, pour out faith every day, I pray for faith every day, I've been a Christian 17 years, I started doing this a few years ago, changed my life, Turns out I have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, which includes faith. So I pray for faith. God gives it. I pray that God would bless my walk with him. Show me yourself in the Bible. Give me a greater desire to read your Bible. Give me wisdom as I read your Bible. I pray that God would raise my heart for prayer. I'm like, Lord, help me love to pray. Give me desire to pray. Strengthen my prayer life. Here's a good one. The Holy Spirit. This is something God tells you to ask for a lot. Lord, give me your spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the presence of God. The Spirit of God. Who through Christ can now dwell in us. In the Old Testament the Holy Spirit dwelt inside the tent. The Holy of Holies. The high priest only went in there once and only after doing a ton of sacrifices and if he did something wrong, he would die. (laughs) It went real bad. You've been made so holy now that the spirit that used to put people to death if they did a little bitty thing wrong is alive in you. That's not because you're glorious. That's because the blood that saved you is so good, so pure, so spotless, so glorious, and this is available to you. You can pray, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You can say, God, give me deep encounters with you. You can say, God, fill me with deep joy, deep life, deep contentment. Pray these prayers. Pray them every day. I would encourage you. You can pray for gifts and blessings. Lord, I want that salvation prayer. Can you give me five, five softballs, like five low-hanging fruit, people ready to receive the gospel, God is so happy with that prayer because there's people in this city. What if I told you I felt like God wanted us to see 300 people baptized this year at Living Hope Church? You might say that's insane. But let me ask you this. If I said God wanted to save 300 people in St. Joe this year, wouldn't you be like, well, that seems small. I think when we think in terms of this, it can seem huge, but I think when we, t- see it, we think in terms of going, it seems small. What could he do? Guys, there's no other life like this. I want to invite you in. You may be like, I've never been to a church like this. What has happened to this man? <laughs> the same thing that can happen to you. And in fact, I'm not the only one. There's many people in here this is happening to. This is what happens when the Spirit of God begins to stir and begins to move. This has happened through, you know, history. I believe it's happening in our church. I don't know what's happening, but I know I'm fully his, and I'm along for the ride, and I'm seeing stuff glorious I've never seen in my 17 years as a Christian. The way in is faith. You step in, and you say, I want it. And I think thinking 300 people getting saved seems big for living hell, but when I look at the city, there's 3,000, there's 10,000, there's there's 20. How many people in the city need Jesus? How many people in the city is God ready to, you asking for five is small. I think God will do it begin asking, begin praying. I got some books on, you know, that have some ways to share the gospel, but all the books, the good books will tell you, you just need Jesus and faith, and as you go, he'll draw people to you. And he'll he'll give you words to share the gospel. But here's 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 <laughs> here's the way in, guys. I just think pray, seek, ask, knock. It's almost like the Bible tells us to do this. Make a plan. Jesus tells us not to give up. He tells the parable of the persistent widow. He says, he says to pray like this, don't lose heart. He says, there's this cranky widow who just doesn't stop asking. You know, I have a three-year-old who doesn't stop asking. Jesus is like, pray like that without ceasing. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary of doing good, but in due season, we will reap, or for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up some of us, we prayed for a week and we gave up. I'm telling you what, oftentimes I think that circumstance, you're praying for your job, you're praying for your work, and, and I think this promise of God giving you himself and making you like him, sometimes we want to change our circumstances, and I believe what God really wants for your life is to change you. And we're trying to push back circumstances God's trying to use to shape our lives. And you know how you figure this out? You start praying upwards to him and inwards to yourself, and then suddenly you'll be like, oh my gosh, I thought I needed a different job, but all of a sudden I realize he's called me to be light in a dark place. I was like, get me out of this dark place. And he's like, no, I put you there on purpose oh 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 forgive me lord but you're my son you're my daughter go in strength not in sorrow james 5 16 i promise i'm wrapping up therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed Ooh, love that promise the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working oh no all right, how many of you read that and been like, crap? <laughs> well, there goes that promise. Well, who's the Bible say the righteous person is? I know, I put spoiler alert, it's up there. Second Corinthians 5.21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So what? So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I bet you didn't think that promise in James was for you. Good news for you, friends. It is. I hope I made some of you dangerous today. All right? Not because of, like, I hope you see, this is just the Bible. <laughs> this is just the Bible and the Spirit. I have, I, like, there's no, I don't have any kind of special talents for this. This is just, I just, I'm a man who loves the Lord. I'm a man who prays the Lord. I'm a man who reads the Bible and says, God, do mighty things. And he shows me stuff. And He. And, but the, anything he's done in anyone, he can do in you. And, and he has a life for you. There are people in here who are far more gifted than I am. There are people in here who are going to be far more bold with the gospel than I've been. I hope God makes you dangerous today. Christianity is the thing that changes the world more than anything else. Do you know that? It's because he is dangerous in a good way and sometimes in a scary way. If we read the Bible, you'll see that. All right, man, are you guys stirred up? You guys feel like this is accessible? All right, I hope so. And if you're a guest here, welcome to Living Hope Church. I hope God has blessed you today. And if you're like, these people are crazy, well, I pray you get just as crazy as we are in the name of Jesus, right? Power of the spirit.